0: You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with your host, Marie Elizabeth. This podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. good evening, good evening, good evening. Thank you so much for joining. Again, you are listening to the Manifesting God podcast. I am your host, Prophetess Marie Elizabeth. Today is Monday the 19th, 2021, and I am so glad to be amongst the living. Listen, we need to understand that each morning that we wake up, that God himself has indeed kept us and he did not have to do it. His mercy and- His grace woke us up this morning. It's His mercy and His grace that we are standing, that we are standing today because there's work for us to do. He has work for us to do and it is not for us to decide when. We don't get to lay back and sit back and just wait. We know what God has decided. I promise you, if you've been under the sound of my voice for almost nearly a year, guys, we're about to celebrate almost nearly a year, you know what God has assigned to your hand. And it's time for you to be about it. It's time for you to get involved and get into action mode. You know, on last week, on last week, we talked a lot about, we were in Joshua one and we talked about exit expectations because the week before Christ had told us you can go now, but we had to talk about what Christ, what God expected from us and what we should expect from him. So we went to the history. We went to Joshua 1 and we understood what he told Joshua. That's our foundation. So we understood that God is going to remove all opposition. We understood that he is going to be with us, that he would not fail us, nor would he abandon us. Now, we also understood that there was something for us to do we had to be strong we had to be confident we had to be courageous we could not turn from the foundation that has already been taught us. He told Joshua, you cannot turn away from what Moses has taught. That indeed is your foundation. He told him, you have to meditate on those words day and night. You have to meditate on my law. You have to, in order to maintain prosperity and success. And he told him, don't be terrified. You don't have any need to be terrified or." intimidated. There's no need for it because I already gave you my promise. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to fail you. That's the foundation that we stand on today. But we stand on God's promises today. We stand on the foundation, that foundation today that includes his promises of no opposition. So we know there's nothing standing against us. We don't have to be fearful. God has promised that he's never going to fail us. All we have to do, all we must do is stand courageously, stand courageously in him. So today, now that we know the history, so we know the foundation where we are standing for these exit expectations, we set our expectations to know our foundation. So we know our foundation, we know what God has promised and we know what we must do. So now go to Acts one, go to Acts one because we have the foundation and we're gonna see here how God built on that foundation with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this uh, Acts one begins after Christ had already descended, but he had not yet ascended. He paused between dissension an ascension to visit with the apostles after his crucifixion. Like I said, this is after dissension, but not yet had he ascended. Acts one says the first, Acts one and one, the first account I made. And again, I'm reading in the amplified version. I made this to Theopolis was a continuous a report a continuous report. This is the first report I made about all the things that Jesus began to do and to teach until verse two says the day when he ascended to heaven after he had, now listen to this, after he had by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit given instructions to the apostles the special messengers it has in the amplified version in parentheses whom he had chosen so jesus i'm pausing right there jesus he between dissension and ascension he needed the gift of the holy spirit so we see the demonstration first, because it was through the word of God tells us it was through the Holy Spirit that he began to give instruction to the apostles. He had not yet ascended. He had not yet ascended, but he had the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he used that gift to instruct the apostles whom he had chosen. Now we remember in Joshua, in Joshua one, God spoke directly to Joshua He spoke to one. When Jesus was between dissension and ascension before he ascended, he talked to several. He talked to the apostles. He talked to several. He gave instructions to several. So we see a difference there. When it was God and Joshua, only God gave instructions to Joshua one-on-one. Now we have Jesus talking to several. We have him talking, instructing several with the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we see the demonstration where the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ is instructing the apostles. And this is important for where we're going. Verse three says to these men, he also showed himself alive after his sufferings in Gethsemane and on the cross by a series of many infallible proofs and un." questionable demonstrations appearing to them over 40 days. 40 days is significant. We're going to talk about that. And he talked to them about the things concerning the kingdom of God. And that 40 days, it's significant because it brought to my mind that in that 40 days time between dissension and ascension, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he was able to instruct them. And then within that 40 days time, he also, he also began to talk to them about the things concerning the kingdom of God. Well remember in that 40 days that 40 that number takes my mind back it took 40 days for joshua caleb and 10 others that moses sent to go over into the promised land and to come back to go and come back with a good report that that land could indeed be taken over no matter the obstacles He they told them Joshua and Caleb spoke in the affirmative. We can do this. Yes, there's big grapes, there's 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 big there's big big every trees, everything we need, every the food that we need is huge. Everything that we need, the land is huge. However, just like the land is huge, just like the provision in the land is huge, so are the people, so are the people, so are the People, They are huge as well. However, however, Joshua and Caleb said, we can do this. We can take them over. What did they understand that any, that no one else with them understood that the other 10 didn't, they understood the size and the power of their God. They understood the size and the power of their God. Guess what they understood? Even though God spoke directly to Joshua, they understood what God said to Joshua by way of revelation. They understood that God was going to remove the opposition. They understood that God would be with them. They understood that He would not fail them. They understood that He would not abandon them. And because they understood that they were able to be strong, confident, courageous, they did not turn from what they, what Moses taught them, which was the strength and the confidence. They weren't terrified. They were not intimidated. They were not intimidated. So when they went in 40 days to a land that the people with them doubted and they spread their doubt about, remember, they spread it through the people. It be, Doubt became in. To the point where instead of the 40 days that it took them to go to the land and come back and give a good report that it took them nearly 40 years to go around for unbelief to die off. But we understand that unbelief didn't just die off. What also happened was the foundation was established. The foundation that is Christianity today, that we understand, that we worship, that we praise, and that we study our Bibles, and it established for us the foundation in which we stand. And Hebrew, in the Hebrew, 40 is a time. That number 40, it represents a time of a period of like probation and trial and chastisement. But now listen, in the Greek, it represents a time of new life. It represents a time of new growth. It represents a time of transformation. It represents the time when we switch tasks, when we change tasks. Now, most of us, most of you under the sound of my voice may not be over 80. You may not be over 80, but for those that are over 80, you have really, you have literally transformed through generations twice already already because 40 in the Greek represents a transformation. It represents a new generation. So you have literally, your hands have literally changed tasks, have literally changed your work in Christ, has literally changed at least twice already, at least twice. And for those of us who have been in the on the earth, maybe 40, but not quite eight years yet, that means our tasks have recently changed. If we've been in Christ for 40 years, our task has recently changed. Our transformation has become complete. Our growth Our growth, we should have grown to another level because why it's been we've been through a generation. There should be some type of transformation that's the witness of a change of a generation, that's a witness of a transformation, that's a witness of a change of task, a change of assignment, a moving forward, a moving. Forward, That number 40, it just, it, it signifies, it signifies a change that's somewhat of a turnabout, somewhat of a turnabout. It reminds me of in Jersey, they have these um, roads, I believe they call them turnabouts and it's when you go in and you go around technically speaking if you don't know you can just keep driving around the circle but if you pay attention there are roads that will take you in different directions and those roads usually usually there's two at the most three where you can go through the turnabout and when you go you might hit your first Uh, right and you could turn right and you're going in one direction or you can just go a little bit further you could turn right and you can go off in another direction go around a little bit more you could turn right and you can go another direction but how about this if you keep going around guess where you end up back on the same road that you just returned from back on the same road that you just returned from this Number 40 represents a a turning, a changing, a transformation is what it should represent because that's what it represents in the Greek and the new, but in the Hebrews, In the Hebrews, it represented, in Hebrew, it represented a probation of type, a trying of type, which means on that turnabout that they have in Jersey, if that's what it's called, it goes around. Most of you are familiar with that road. You could somehow keep going right around and end up right back on the road that you were originally on, going backwards going backwards. Now think about that for a moment. I just told you what 40 represents in the Hebrew and what it represents in the Greek and the Greek and the Hebrew, it represents a, a, a probationary period, a trial period, meaning you could possibly miss all the roads to turn off and end up back on the same road that you've been on. And you could go right back down that same road that you've been on, that you've been on. Or are we new? Are we new? Has there been a transformation? Because, and has there been a switching of tasks, a a difference of tasks? See, because I want to point this out to you because it's telling us that 40 years represents a new generation, it represents a change, a transformation. So, most of you, under the sound of my voice, as I said, are likely over 40. Can you, can you consciously think of a change that has happened to you in the past 40 years? And when you hit that 40 mark, if you think about it for a moment, can you contemplate when you switch tasks, when there was a transformation? Because if you cannot, if you are still, if your hand is still at work to the same task, If your hand is still still, um, nurturing the same growth, then I submit that the road and that turnabout of transformation or that road of growth or that road of new life you missed and you somehow kept going around the turnabout and now you are in a road headed back in the same direction that you recently come from that you recently come from. I challenge you, look around. Are those the same trees that you passed uh, uh, maybe 10 years ago? Or Look around. Is that the same gas station that you passed maybe five years ago? Look around. Is that the same church, the same practices that you passed three years ago? because I think for the most part, most of us don't take the time to do what the Bible tells us to do, which is examine. We don't take the time to examine. We hear the word of God and the word of God is telling us, Hey, you can go now. You have the go. You can do this thing. He's laid out for us the foundation as he did with Joshua. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I expect you to do. But we Don't actually go do them on the on the road of transformation or the road of new growth or the road of new life. Instead, we try to implement them. We try to implement what God is, what God promised and what he expects of us on that same road back in the direction that we just came from. And then we're confused and don't understand why we are being overtaken by the enemy? Or why, why we are not seeing any success? Are you on the same road that you just came from? Did you not notice? The trees? Did you not notice the gas stations, the landmarks when you came through the first time? Did you not mark, did you not leave any landmarks to make sure that you are not on the same road? Did you not read the signs? Do you not realize that you were going south and now you literally went around the turnabout and now you're going north, but you're on the same route 66? Did you not notice that? What are you missing that may have you on the, on the turnabout forever? Just going around in circles, going up and down the same road. What may you have missed? May, what might you have missed? This is your time to take a moment and consider if you've missed a road or if you are indeed on the road to your next great task or on the road to transformation, or on the road to new growth, or on the road to new life? Or are you just on the same road that you just came off of? It's worth your consideration. Why? Because how do you know if you are on that same road? Because, listen, we go back to our foundation. There's opposition. You can't seem to get past opposition. And guess what? It's the same opposition. It hasn't changed. It's the same opposition. God said, I will be with you. You feel alone. You feel alone. You feel abandoned. He said, I will not abandon you. See, it's a it's one thing to be alone, to feel alone, and Christ be right with you because there we must walk alone. We we do we must walk along where God is taking us. But see, there's also a unity. There's a unity that He that the Holy Spirit gives us. We're gonna talk about it when we go down a little further. What Christ told them to wait for. But that there's a unity that comes with the Holy Spirit that will help us to be able to recognize the gifts, the gifts that God gives us in our brothers and sisters to help us stay on the path to new task new growth new life and transformation so that that's that's a that's one type of being alone, knowing how to walk alone, knowing how to be independent and knowing how to think for yourselves and knowing how to read the word of God and discipline yourself, but also being able to recognize the gifts in your brothers and sisters that God has given you so that you can walk with Christ and with your brothers and sisters in a unified state. That's a different. That's a different alone than going up and down the same road over and over. Because going up and down the same road over and over can be dark. Going up and down the same road over and over can lead you to feeling abandoned. Going up and down the same road over and over can lead you to feeling forsaken. Forsaken when you have brothers and sisters right there calling you back, signaling you. You missed the turn. The turn is over here. But see, you don't want to listen to nobody. Nobody can tell you anything. So your brothers and sisters over here, over here, the road, you missed the road. It's right here, but no, you know, everything. So nobody can tell you, you're missing the transformation. The transformation is back this way. You're missing a new life. Hey, you were supposed to switch tasks by now. You're supposed to be here, but you're missing it. You, you you're over here. You're doing the same thing. We can't hear, we can't hear. So God is taking a pause he's taking a pause because he's letting us know this is the foundation of which you stand on so you already have this so if you're feeling like you don't if you're feeling abandoned failed and if you're feeling alone and you're feeling as if there's opposition at every hand check your road make sure you're on the right road if you if you're losing your strength you're losing your confidence you're not you're not feeling very courageous you're feeling fearful check the road you're on. Check the road you're on because what I promised you has already been established. So you have no need to feel this way if you're standing on the correct foundation, meaning if you're on the correct road, that would be the road of transformation, the road of new life. If you stepped into that place where now you understand I'm a new generation, I'm walking in a new era as it were as it were. So let's, let's move on from there. But I wanted to point that out to you because that is very relevant. Because if I'm telling you that God as a prophet is saying that God is saying we can go now, now there are some expectations and he's laid out or his expectation, what he's going to do. And so we, we know what to expect from him. And he tells us what he wants from us. It's already in the foundation. Then why have you not yet moved? That becomes the question. Why have you yet not moved? Why, why, why? See, and now let's consider something here. And um, let's consider something this here. He talks about, it talks about, I I talked about how 40 is um, you're doing new tasks, how you have new life. There's new growth, there's transformation. And that word 40 was significant again, not just because of those things, but because now that we're in Acts and we understand the foundation that was laid for us in in Joshua 1, now that we're in Acts, now we see another step here with the apostles are receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse four tells us in Acts one, while being together and eating with them, he commanded them. He said to them, number one, don't leave Jerusalem. You stay right here. And the reason why you're going to stay right here is because you're waiting. Number two, for the five, the gift that the father has promised. What is that gift? He said, of which he said, you have heard of me speak the gift of the Holy Spirit. So here comes wisdom and instruction. And he tells them, now listen, John, he baptized you with water, but you will be baptized. The Amplified version says, and you will be empowered and united with the Holy Spirit. Not long from now. And that is significant because on top of the foundation of expectations, what God expects out of us and what we could expect out of God, now God is giving us a gift, a gift, a gift of empowerment, a gift that will empower us, a gift that will unite us with him. And that is in the person of the Holy Spirit. And that is is significant for our walk because the Holy Spirit represents relationship. In Romans 8, 14 to 16, it represents relationship. It brings us comfort. It brings us comfort. It gives us direction, the gift of the Holy Spirit. It gives us understanding because the Bible tells us in John 14, 26, that the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. All things. So guess what? That means that even if you're on the wrong road, if you will pause, even if you're going in circles or going back the same direction from that you just came from, that means if you'll stop and be still, the Holy Spirit will turn you around. He'll tell you you're going the wrong way. If you're too far away from those that Christ has, uh, the gifts that Christ has given you and others to summon you back. If you're too far away that you can't hear them, the Holy Spirit will speak and tell you, turn around, you miss the road. And you gotta be humble enough, humble enough. That's a word right there. You have to be humble enough to turn around and go back and go back, face all the faces. Face all the faces of those who tried to summon you in the right direction. Face all the faces, humble yourself, turn around and go back so that you can be aligned with the promises of Christ. The Holy Spirit gives us vision. He gives us visions. Acts Acts 2 and 17 and 18. He gives us vision. He gives us direction. He gives us understanding. He gives us power. He gives us power. And guess what? He gives us freedom. He gives us freedom. So we're no longer bound. We are no longer bound. He gives us freedom, freedom. And he gives us unity, a spirit of unity. Like I told you, there's one way to be alone. There's one thing to be alone and be independent, but recognize the gifts in your brothers and sisters and be able to work in unity with them to accomplish the will and the promises of God, not only for your life, but for theirs. Let's not forget that. Not only for your life, but for theirs. It's not all about you. The person that God has assigned to work with you or that God has unified you with, connected you with your brother and your sister to the left or the right of you, they too, they too Have a promise of God that must be fulfilled in their life. And if you're connected with them, if He's interconnected you with them, that means you have something to give them and they have something to give you. And guess what? What you have to give them is not going to be what they already have. And what they have to give you is not going to be what you already have. So you have to accept your strengths. And as we say, the nicer word opportunities, but we're saying weaknesses, you have to accept your strengths as well as your weaknesses. If we're not willing, if we're not willing to acknowledge what we do not know, then God can't fill that gap. Then God cannot fill that gap because you won't admit you even have the gap. The gap, by the way, that God already knows you have because he built you like that. He built you like that. So it's okay to have a, 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 a I don't know. It's okay not to know everything. And it's okay to accept help from your brother or sister to the left or the right of you because God put it them to give to you just like He put something in you to give to them. Verse five says, for John again, with water, but you will be baptized and empowered and united with the Holy Spirit. Not long from now, he said to them, it is not for you to know the time or the epochs, which the father has fixed in his own authority. So what he was telling here is do not be at this time, at this time where I'm telling you that it's time for movement, where I'm telling you it's time for, um, for, uh, for, for you to go and be engulfed with the Holy Spirit so that you can do what God has assigned to your hand. Do not be focused on natural things. This is spiritual. This is spiritual. Do not be focused on everything that's going on around you in the world. It has nothing to do with the promise that God has on your life, what God has equipped you with, what God has put on your life. He has supplied you. He has supplied you or your neighbor to the left or the right of you with what you need to do what God has called you to do. So you don't have to be frazzled or, or or standing still. We're getting ready to get to it. Standing still, not, not clear on on how to move, not clear if you have what it takes to move. You have what it takes. You have what you need. Focus. Verse 8 says, but you will receive the power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to tell people about me. In parentheses, he says, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. So you have what you need inside you. If you believe on Christ. If you believe on Christ, the gift of the Holy Spirit awaits you, recipient. It awaits you. It awaits you. You invite it with your hands open. The gift of the Holy Spirit awaits you to give you the power, to give you the power and the ability, because see, He's teaching you. He's teaching you. So therein lies that ability that you need. And what I like about this, he told them is specifically, you're going to be my witnesses. He told them who they were. You're my witnesses. And then he assigned them a territory. You're going to Jerusalem. You're going to Judea. You're going to Samaria. You may even go to the ends of the earth, but you're going to start in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. When are we going to start? when are we going to start? When are we going to start? See, he told them, you're going to be both, and my witness is both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. And then he said, and even to the ends of the earth. But see, you got to get to Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria first. I can't tell you no more until you get to Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria. See, some of us, we have yet to move in the direction that God is calling us in. And we won't move because we're, we don't understand what comes after do the first thing, do the first thing. Can we move the first way first? Can we do the first thing that God told us to do? The first thing is to believe. Once we believe, we understand our foundation. Now the Holy Spirit is there with power, giving us power and ability. Now it's time to head on out to Jerusalem. It's time to head on over to Judea and Samaria. Where after that, we don't know. We go there first do what god said first do the first thing do the first things First, Verse 9 says, and after he said these things, now listen to this, after he said these things to them, after he instructed them through the Holy Spirit, now this is the thing, he instructed them through the Holy Spirit between dissension and ascension. Well, we have the Holy Spirit. That means that we have descended, we have the Holy Spirit, we, he had the Holy Spirit and then he ascended that tells me what, after I receive the Holy Spirit, there should be an ascension. There should be some growth. There should be some maturity. I should be ascending, growing into the likeness and the image. Just just a measure, just a measure of Christ. I should be growing. There should be, where is your ascension? Where is your ascension? Did you pause? Did you pause? Did you listen? Listen, this is what he says. 10 verse 10. It says, while they were looking intently into the sky and I'm in the amplified version as he was going. So as Christ was ascended, Christ was between dissension and ascension. Pause, use the gift of the Holy Spirit to instruct them. And then with everything that he had with the Holy Spirit, he ascended. He ascended. He came from dissension. Paul got the Holy Spirit, instructed them, ascended, right? While he was ascending, while he was ascending, two men in white clothing suddenly, suddenly stood beside them, suddenly stood beside them, who said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? Why do you stand looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will return in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Why do you stand looking up into the sky? You have been crucified. Jesus, you have descended. I'm saying to you all now, you have been crucified. You have been nailed to the cross because of your belief in Christ. You have died and you have descended. Now you have been given the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. When are you going to instruct someone? Or or are you standing there stazing up into the sky some of us are still gazing if we're not if we're not uh if we haven't gotten off on the correct road to transformation to new life to new growth to um to gotten on gotten off that gotten off on the road of transformation new life and growth If we haven't gotten off on that road and we've gone down, back down the same road we came, we are just as one that is standing and gazing up. You know, when you're standing and gazing up, you are not moving. You are not moving. Movement is necessary. Movement is necessary. You have, you've descended, You've descended, you've descended, you've descended descended and you have us, you have, pause now, you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit now. And after you have received that gift of the Holy Spirit, you have yet to instruct anyone, you are busy gazing. You are busy gazing. When do you plan on ascending? Do you have a plan? Do you think that that might be in the near future? When are you going to ascend? See, because Christ left an example. He was crucified. He descended and then he paused, received the gift of the Holy Spirit and immediately began to instruct. And he told them you stay right here and you're going to wait on the gift of the holy spirit and when you receive that gift of the holy spirit you're going to be my witnesses in judea and samaria and 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 uttermost parts of the world but they didn't get the first part he told them to stay in jerusalem he ascends he just showed them by example by example he literally just showed them He was crucified. He descended before he ascended. He received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And with that gift, he instructed them. And then he says, now you wait. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, go to Jerusalem and wait, and you're going to get the Holy Spirit and you're going to be my witnesses. Meaning you're going to go instruct too. But as soon as he ascends, they don't move. They just stay right there and stare and stare up into the sky. Now, remember he had just come back for 40 days and he was with them for 40 days, reminding them of everything he taught them in the time that he was with them. And then he shows them again, by example, this is what's gonna happen. This is what you need to do. And they're still stuck staring up in the sky, That Jesus as he ascends. How many of us today are still staring up in the sky as our leaders ascend, as our brothers and sisters around us ascend? We're staring up, and nobody has yet to move to get to Jerusalem to get the gift of the Holy Spirit so that they too can instruct. Nobody has not moved yet. You have not moved yet. You have not. I'm telling you, you have not moved, um, you have not moved yet, not yet, you have not moved yet. Think about, if we can't think back as far as 10 to 20 years last week, what did you do differently from last Monday when I talked to you to this Monday? What did you do in the way of ascension from this Monday To last Monday, what did you do? What did you do? Did you come to a greater knowledge of Christ and who Christ is? Did you did you did you cast down demonic thoughts out of your mind that have been trailing you for the past forty years? Did you crush them under your foot? Have you progressed in any way? You have not moved yet. Not yet. You're still dazing. And if you're still gazing, that means you still haven't yet received the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that explains why you can't be a witness. Not yet. That explains why you haven't witnessed to nobody yet. That explains why you haven't instructed no one yet. Because you have yet to receive the Holy Spirit. You're still gazing. You're still gazing. What are we looking at? What are you looking at? What are you looking at? That same Christ, that same Christ that laid that foundation for you in Joshua 1 is the same Christ that that died for you just so that you can have a right, a right to believe on him and you are still gazing up. You have not moved yet, which means you have not received the Holy Spirit, which explains why you can instruct no one. No one. What are we doing? What are we doing? If I knew all of your names, I would have you. I need a report. What are you doing? You need to be accountable for what God is saying to you through me. You need to be accountable for what God is saying through your leaders to you. How much did you hear? Yes. Do you even remember what you heard yesterday. Did you do anything with what you were taught yesterday? Then that explains why you can do nothing with what I'm teaching you right now. Cause you're still gazing. Stop gazing and get moving next week. You should not be in the same place that you were in today. You shouldn't be in the same place you were today, tomorrow. I'm not saying that you're not going to have struggles. I'm not saying that you're not going to have struggles or that you're not going to have battles, but what are you waiting on to crush the enemy under your foot? What are you waiting on? Joshua had had God with him. So even if you had not yet received the gift of the Holy Spirit, you know that you don't have nothing can stand against you. You know that you don't have any opposition. You know, you know that God promised never to leave you. You know that God promised never to fail you. Can you crush the enemy under your foot with that understanding, with that understanding? Because if you can't do it with that understanding, the understanding of what's in your foundation, what's in your history, then why would you need the Holy Spirit? Why would you need the Holy Spirit? See, we're, we're, we're still, we're still gazing up and we're not moving because guess what? If you try to move while you're gazing up, you just may fall into a ditch. You just may run into a tree. You just may run into a brick wall. Is that why you're injured? You gazing up, trying to move gazing up. Is that why, is that why you got headaches? Cause you're gazing up, trying to, you're gazing up, trying to move gazing up. Is that why you hitting the brick wall? You got a slight concussion, Feel a little dizzy, Feel a little dizzy, arm hurt a little bit, knee hurt a little bit. You done fell down, scuffed your knee because you tried to move while you was looking up. See people, listen, God is requiring us, requiring of us that we be responsible. We be responsible. This is, that, this is what this whole year has been about, to make each and every one of us responsible to God or God in us. It is not your leader's job to drag you across the finish line. I am not going to drag you across the finish line. It is your job to walk across the finish line. You have a work to do. And if you don't know that by now, you're still gazing up. You're still gazing up. And this is why I'm standing here as that, as that, uh, they said two men in white clothing, consider me the, the woman in white clothing saying, standing suddenly beside you saying, why do you stand looking up into the sky? What are you looking for? The same Jesus that us is the same Jesus that's going to return in like form when he comes for us. Is he coming for you? Or are you going to be still gazing up? Not having moved from that spot, not having done anything that God has told you you are, you, if you're over 40, your task should have switched by now. There should be some new growth, there should be uh, some new life. If you're over 40 in Christ, You should have matured, something new life, something transformed. There should be some type of transformation that has happened. You over 40 in Christ, over 40 years in Christ, there should be some. You still should not be in the Lord's way. This is a new generation now. This is a new generation and this generation, this is the Joshua generation and we're crossing over. We're taking over. It don't matter how big the giant thinks he is. My God is with me. And my God promised me it's in my foundation. I'm standing on no opposition. I'm standing on no abandonment. I'm standing on never failing. I'm standing on that. Now, as I stand on that, I have instructed me the Holy Spirit. So I all, hey, I'm I'm like the rapper. I can sing the song. All I do is win. So why are we losing? Because we're gazing up. We're just standing here gazing up. I'm telling you this today because I'm telling you, I'm reminding you of the foundation, what we already have in Christ. I have pointed out to you that, that what, we, what we now have in Christ, another level of that is the gift of the Holy Spirit that leads and guides us, that teaches us, that instructs us. So along with protection, along with no opposition, along with a never failing, never abandoning God, we also have wisdom. We also have... knowledge. We also have direction. So why? We have power. We have power. We have power. We don't have to be afraid. Listen, this Joshua generation, we got to be willing to walk into territory where everything seems bigger than us and know that our God is bigger and take over. I'm about taking over now. Why? Because I've changed. I've come across a generation. So my tasks have changed. So I have new life. So I've transformed. So now I have a different approach to how I do what God is telling me to do. Why? Because I have the wisdom and the instruction of the Holy Spirit. So I don't fail. I have, I have a God who's promised me no opposition. So while it may appear, while the opposition may appear to be winning, while the opposition, opposition may, may appear before me. It's like that picture that I see sometimes with the female, with the lioness and then behind her is the, is the roaring male lion. I know that God is behind me like that. I know that he's behind me like that. And I know that when they, when the enemy runs off chirping like a beat down doll, that it's not because I'm so great, but it's who's behind me. It's who's represented behind me. And you don't get, you got to understand something. If God is telling you that in your foundation is no opposition, that means nothing can touch you. It may show up, but it can't touch you. It can't oppose you. It must move out of your way. Come on, it can't fight you. Why? Because it can't beat God behind you. It can't beat the God that's behind you, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Nothing can take away that now, because guess what? I've had, I got relationship, I've got comfort, I've got direction. What can oppose me now? See, we forget. Are we forgetting? See, in our, in our, in our looking up, we're not, we're not, we're not clear of the foundation in which we're standing, stand up outside and stand up and look upside too. look up too long. You're going to start wobbling because the clouds are moving. So the clouds are making you think that you're moving and indeed you're not. So what happens? You start to wobble. You start to lose your balance. And that's where a lot of you are. You've been looking up so long. You've been looking up so long, looking to the wrong things, the wrong people for so long that you don't know how to put your head down and face forward and fix your eyes like a flint on the foundational promises that God has already given you and move forward move into that place of transformation, move into that place of new life, new growth, new tasks. There is, you should not be doing, examine, examine your doer. What are you doing differently? I'm I'm just not even going to go long-term, just from last Monday to this Monday, last Sunday to this Sunday. What did you do with what your man or woman of God taught you? What did you do with that? What did you do with what was given to you on on last Monday that I gave you last Monday? Um, Some of us were internet, we're scrolling the internet. You listen to different messages. What did you do with what they taught you? See, we're eating at all these tables and we're taking in so much food and all it's doing is making you fat. You're not digesting any of it, any of it. You're getting sloppy and fat getting sloppy and fat. Why? Because you won't work out. You won't move. You won't move. See, there's, there's promises over our head that Christ has for us. It's already, it's, it's over our head it's that over our head, the promise of heaven, if should we live Christ-like, it's in us, the promise of the Holy Spirit that will lead and guide and direct us and instruct us. It's under us. It's in our foundation that he promised to Joshua, that he promised to Moses, that he that He promised, that he's promised through his leaders throughout the Old Testament. All that is in our foundation. So we have it above us. We have it in us. We have it underneath of us. And we still Are gazing up okay so then the question becomes why don't you believe the question now is why don't you believe because that's your issue if you are standing if you are still standing gazing up if you are still standing gazing up the issue now becomes the question now becomes and this is not just for This is not just for people, the people of God. This is for the leaders of God. Now, the question now becomes, why don't you believe? Because that's what it comes down to now. We have to cut to the core. We have to cut to the core because Jesus is still coming back, right? And you don't want to be standing in front of Jesus incomplete. So now I have to hit you with the hard question. Why don't you believe? Why don't you believe that above your head is the promises promise of eternal life with Christ? Why don't you believe that in the earth room you have in the earth while although you're in the earth, you are a spirit being and you have the gift of the Holy Spirit that leads and guides and instructs and directs you underneath your feet is the foundation of 40 years. 40 years of Israelites walking around, walking around the walking around the mountain to establish for you a foundation and what Christ and who Christ is, who God is, what God expects from us, 10 commandments, who Christ is, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, his life is death, his resurre- His the fact that he was born, his life is death, his resurrection, his death. Descension and his paws grab the Holy Spirit, instruct, and then ascend and sit right next to the sit right at the right hand of his Father and and intercede for us. Why don't you believe that? Because if you're not moving, if you're still gazing up, we need to check what you believe. We need to check what you believe. What is what is the source of your ache? What do you believe? Where, where's your pain points at? What do you believe? Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it it that your? is it your peace Is your your feet can't, if your feet can't handle it's not shot with the preparation of you can't, you can't, you don't, you don't understand the peace. Is is it your breastplate of righteousness? Is it ripped? Is it, does something get in there? Why don't you believe? Why don't, where's your helmet of salvation? Does Does something interrupt your course? Is it in your mind? Is it living there? Why don't you believe? Why can't you, why can't you build? Why can't you build? Why can't you build? It's your belief. Why don't you believe? Why? Why? You have to reconcile your truth. So what you think you know with what is actually true, you have to reconcile your truth. Why don't you Believe because you, if you're still standing gazing, if you're in the same place, nothing absolutely you have you have not defeated not one demonic force since the last time I talked to you. You are still getting your head beaten by the same demonic forces since I last spoke to you. Why don't you believe? And we need to cut to the chase. Why don't you believe? Because you know the enemy fights you with your own insecurities. He fights you with what it is you don't believe. Whatever it is he's fighting you with, therein lies what you do not believe. So there it is. He identifies it for you because he's fighting you with your own insecurities. Do you believe that you'll never have wealth and prosperity even though God promised it to you? He said I give you, ask me whatever you will. And, and it's in my hands. I'm not, I'm not, like. I'm, I'm even, I'm God. I'm not like a natural father and a natural father will even give his child what they asked for. They're not going to give him something that they didn't ask for or something that they didn't want. They're going to give him what they asked for. And God says, I'm better than a natural father. I, if a natural father, did it, you know, I'll do it. So why don't, why don't you believe he will? Why don't you believe it? Do you think you're not worthy of that? Do you think you're not worthy of the promises of God? Do you think you're not worthy? Do you think that are you are you afraid of what your family might say? Is that it? You're you're you you don't want to disrupt the unity in your family because you need your mother, father, sister, brother. You need that spouse. You need them. And if you decide not to, if you decide not to, not to um. If you decide not to, if you decide to follow Christ, they may abandon you. Is is that the is that the fear? Is that the fear? See, we have to get to the root of why we don't believe. We have to get to the root of why we're not moving. And I promise you, it's somewhere in your belief system. There's something that you're not quite able to grasp. You see it, but you can't quite grasp it for you. For you. And I'm here to tell you, uh, dispel the enemy, that you are worthy. There is nothing that you have done in your past, present, or future that God won't forgive you of. There is nothing, absolutely nothing that can hold you, hold you to your mistakes, but you. See, because the point that you're missing is that everything that you've been through, it's made you who you are. Everything, every experience that you have had, every, every, every disappointment, every time they left you, every time they threw you away, every time they threw you out, every time your family dismissed you, every time they treated you like you didn't matter, every time you slept with him or her. Every time you did those drugs, every time you were raped, every time you were molested, every time you you misspent, you mismanaged your finances, every time you mismanaged your wealth, every time you made mistakes, it's all a part of God's plan for you. So now that you know that God has forgiven you, how about you forgive yourself? See, because our gazing is our unforgiveness, and sometimes it can be unforgiveness of ourselves. Sometimes our gazing is because we don't understand that God has cast that sin into the sea of forgiveness. If you brought it up to him today, he wouldn't even know what you're talking about. See, we, we sometimes get into these patterns of perfectionism. If that's a word, I'm gonna make it one today. We get into these patterns where we think that we, we've we been made sometimes throughout our experiences in life that feel as if, if we're not perfect, then we will not be accepted. But see, God is saying to you today, I'd already accepted you. I died for you. So that sin that you committed, that, that thing that you think is so horrible, I've already forgiven you for that. Take the lesson from it and let's move and let's move. See, because it's for someone else's benefit. Your experiences were supposed to be for you to learn a lesson by which someone else can benefit. Your experiences are not meant to hold you, hold you by your ankles in place. They are not meant to. God is not trying to kill us. God is not trying trying to destroy us. God is trying to prepare us for the work of his kingdom. I don't care if you just got out of that man's bed. I don't care if you just got out of that woman's bed. I don't care if you just put down that joint. I don't care if you got a cigarette in your hand right now. I don't care. This is God now. God is saying, I don't care if you're in the drug house right now. I don't care if you're in the hotel with that man's with that woman's husband right now. Get up, come out from among them, and I will forgive your sins. It's time to step into a new generation. It's time to step into a new life. It's time to step into your new role, your new task. God says, I have a new job for you to do. So while saying thinks that he has a hold on you. While Satan thinks he has you gripped by the ankles, he is holding you by the wrist. While he thinks it, he does. God said, that's me. I'm the one that promised never to leave you. I'm the one that promised never to forsake you. That's why I can talk to you right now because I'm right here in your mess with my hand extended to you to pull you out to pull you out. I want to pull you back from that dark road that you just came down. And I want to return you out of that round, get you off of the circle. And I want to put you on the road to a new task. I want to adopt you into a new generation. I want to adopt you into a new life, a new life. Yes, there are always going to be consequences for the choices that we make. And sometimes we don't always make the right choices. But I'm telling you, I promise you that God said that I will work everything. I'm going to work everything for your good. So even if the enemy meant to destroy you with it, I'm going to work it for your good. I'm not, I'm going to let good come out of it. God said, I'm going to make good come out of everything. I'm going to make good come out of everything. So you think he doesn't love you. So you think he doesn't love you because of the mistakes you made? Don't you think he knew you were going to make those mistakes? Don't you think he knew you were going to make those decisions? He knew that already. Don't let the enemy hand tie you any longer. Movement is for you too. Stop gazing up and get moving. Pastor, Lita leader leader you too you too you too you too god said i'm talking to you too i'm still calling you i'm still calling you cast all your cares on me because i care for you i care for you come on he's been with us all along people he's never left us i promise you god has never left us he's never left us and he's extended his open hand to us now because it's time to move we can go now we can go now We understand the foundation that is above us, in us, and underneath us. We can move now. We can move now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord God, I speak now, God, to the minds of my brothers and my sisters all over the world, God. And I extend your hand, God. I extend your hand hand, God, of care, of love, God, and I cause them to draw nigh unto you as you draw nigh unto them and I cause your blood to cleanse them of filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit and to perfect holiness in them so that they might walk worthy of the vocation wherein they are called. I call you now, God, in the name of Jesus, oh God, to raise them up so they might know, open their eyes so they might know the hope of their calling that is in you, Christ Jesus. Oh God, I call you now to raise up the Ezra's so that the altar can be rebuilt because the enemy will keep them from rebuilding the altar. I call you now, God, to raise up the Nehemiah's so that the walls can be rebuilt that will protect the sanctuaries of God. I call you now, God, to raise up, oh God, the Pauls, the Timothys. Raise them up now, God. The Matthews, the Marks, the Lukes, the Johns. Raise them up now, God. Raise up the Aquila's and Priscilla's. Raise them up now, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord God, because we have a work to do. No more will the enemy hold them by their ankles. No more will the enemy hold them by their hand. No more will the enemy confuse their mind because your blood saturates them now. Your blood covers them now, God. Covers their will, covers their purpose. In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord God. God, I thank you today for new comprehension, God. New strategies of wealth. I thank you, oh God. For comprehension and new wisdom, oh God. In the name of the Lord, God. In the area of finances, oh God. All mistakes, God. Thank you, God, that you have wiped them clean. You have cast them into the sea of forgetfulness, God. And we walk in alignment with you, God. For you guide our footsteps, oh God. You guide our footsteps, oh God. And you will not allow our foot to slip, oh God. As we move, live, and breathe in you your will be done and your kingdom come your will be done in us and through us oh god and your kingdom come thank you god for purging us of filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit thank you oh god that we walk worthy of the vocation wherein we are called we thank you and we glorify you and we glory in you and we thank you oh god that we can go now we thank you god we thank you oh god for your promises above us in us and underneath us we thank you we bless you and we glorify you for you are holy. You are holy. We thank you. We thank you. Come on. Thank God. Thank God in your home because God has kept you. God has kept you yet another day. He has kept you another day, another day, another day day, another day. Thank you so much for joining me on this evening. I will see you on next Monday at 7 p.m. and just know you are in my prayers. If you are under the sound of my voice, I am praying for you and it is your time to pray.